Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Everybody, happy it's, Friday. It's Fishing Friday. It's okay, Well, so those of you who um, uh, our clients know, and um, if you try to send us an email, later today or whatever we're um we're going fishing we're going off the grid we're going off the grid as i've been saying to people you know the only way to reach me for the next four days will be by smoke signal so i hope you're up to speed if there's something important <laughs> you have to send me a well and i was i was telling jim when we decided to do this because we just finished the all day long event and and um and jim's been like i really want to go fishing and i want to go do the stuff and and you know i enjoy camping um uh yeah i do and, uh, so, you know, it was like, it's been probably two and a half years since we've gotten away just, just the, the two, two of us. us without it being family or work related when we travel. So this, I'm, I'm really, I'm looking forward to it and yeah. you know, it's, uh, cause it's, it's so nice when you're so plugged in to unplug and like not no cell signal, no, no, whatever. Cause it's, it, it's, it's a, it's nature's firm way of saying stop. Yeah. So we're looking. Yeah, we do for a break. Well, there was a lot of yeah. work leading up to that virtual event, which, by the way, yeah. that Tuesday event feedback has been excellent. Yeah. You know, everybody's yeah. really seen a lot of value in what we shared. And with. I've had a few people reach out to me and said, you know, hey, I tried to get a ticket. Um, you know, the event had passed or whatever. If if you all want to get, you know, uh, access, just let me know and and we can. The the recording should be out there sometime next week. Mm -hmm. So um, it just it's just some really good information that that really all dealers should have access to. Yep. So, and our Monday episode will be a pre-recorded. We will still be off the grid Monday morning, so yes. you won't be able to Sorry. have a live chat. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but uh, you know, we do appreciate when people chime in and say good morning and all of that. Yeah, it's, it's of good stuff. We um, have uh, uh, former dealer Jason Goodman yes, standing by. We to had talk him to us on about, um, last week. Yep. Yeah. Um, last Monday of last and today week. will not be yeah. the last time. There's so no, much to talk about yeah. to, to begin to share with our. Uh, listeners, uh -huh. Jason's expertise. We're going to have yep. to have him on many times. And we've really, I got to say, we have really enjoyed work, working with Jason yeah. and his team in terms of yeah. their, their expertise level is And high. good morning, Jennifer. Oh, hey. So Jennifer good to Finley. See. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good, Love it. good to hear from you, Jennifer. <laughs> um, so should we just bring Jason in Let's and just kind of get, get started? <clears throat> um, one of the reasons, hey, Jason. Hi. Welcome. Glad um, <laughs> we're glad to have you. Uh, one of the, one of the things that, you know, we've, we've been, um, good morning, Jonathan. Um, we've been working with Jason on some, some other things with some clients and, and, um, just are, are really experiencing the wealth of, of understanding about lead management. Um, you know, Jason has a company that does BDC and just about everything else that, that, um, that you could potentially outsource. Outsource. Yeah. Um, and uh, so just as we're working with other clients and, and just from conversations we've had with Jason, just Jason has so much background in measuring and um, and optimizing and, um, you know, just understanding how systems and processes and things flow and, you know, where, where you might be able to see that there's a bottleneck and all of that, that it's just like, oh my goodness, let's, we, we Jason will be on again and again, um, right. as, you know, as, as things kind of, uh, un, uh, 
roll out yeah. with, with different topics. But um, we were here today to talk a little bit more about lead um, management and how to turn, convert more leads into yeah, so, buyers. Yeah. So Jason, since uh, some of our folks may be tuning in, didn't uh, hear Morning, your background George. when you were with us before, maybe just a quick run through on your, your background and how it led you into, you know, sales and sales management, lead, lead tracking, mm -hmm. uh, the whole thing. Sure. Well, again, thanks for having me on. Hopefully, uh, I don't put anyone to sleep this morning. Oh. Um, I, I grew up in Michigan. I started in the furniture business when I was 18 years old. Uh, spent about 20 years of my career in the furniture and mattress industry. A lot of those years with Mattress Firm through a pretty meteoric rise. We went from about 250 stores to 4,000. I think we had almost 250 stores here in Houston uh, when I left. And so there was a great ride. I got to do a lot of different things. Part of that was managing our franchising where I got to understand business ownership a little bit more. I got to oversee our training department. We worked within that group for a number of years. And then ultimately leading our business development group, which was uh, anything from non-brick and mortar, multi-channel sales where we would do events, uh, e-commerce, rebuilding the website, deploying a new e-com program, mm -hmm. the call centers that we built and developed there. That was kind of my first taste of call center management. I got to go meet with Tony Shea at Zappos before he passed away and got mm -hmm. The customer centric uh, techniques that you can use in call centers that actually make it a better experience for the customer rather than a hassle for the customer. Mm -hmm. So after that, I got into uh, a little bit more of my entrepreneurial roots, which was in uh, events and um, concerts, conventions, corporate meetings, uh, planned uh, a number of different things and was traveling all across the world doing uh, really cool events. And, uh, and then I did what anyone sane would do is I uh, opened a buy here, pay here dealership. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, that's uh, a natural progression. Yeah, yes, typical progression. And uh, the, a friend of mine, uh, his dad was in the buy here, pay here business for years. And mm -hmm. he had invested with his dad. And then I was looking to grow a business and, and put some of the things that I knew to play. And we saw a, an incredible opportunity in this space. Um, I think we initially thought we were going to be selling cars and we realized it was a lot more of building a finance company and our widgets were not, in fact, car sales. They were the uh, accounts that we were getting. Thank so, you. you know, we had a pretty good sized portfolio, 1500 accounts and, and built that up with three stores, about 30,000 square foot mechanic shop. Really got to know the buy here, pay here business well. Attended just about every TIADA, NIADA event. Mm -hmm. Saw Jim and Michelle speak a number of times. Frantically took notes, uh, trying to absorb as much as I could from them and other people who were, I was surprised, were so willing to share yeah. such valuable information, especially within the associations. It's, mm -hmm. it's uh, amazing to me and very, I'm very thankful for it. So I was five years the dealer principal at our dealership, uh, managing the day-to-day -day operations as well as the bank relationships. Um, and when we sold our portfolio last summer, obviously the car buying was uh, a little bit more hectic than we wanted to deal with at that time. We sold the portfolio. And I partnered up with the company that was doing my call center work. See, we had every function that could be outsourced, outsourced. So every phone call that came in, uh, whether it was sales, service, uh, warranty, insurance, CPI, it all went through the phone center and uh, ultimately leading to collections being managed through that same group as well. So mm -hmm. Crystal and Luis are my business partners and they've uh, they've been doing this business for a number of years, have had a number of successful 
uh, customers and and clients, and it's been really a fun ride working with them and learning from them. And um, you know, now we're helping some dealers uh, really improve the processes that make the customer shopping experience easier, yeah. making the underwriting process easier for the for the customer and for the dealer, and hopefully making the whole process more uh, enjoyable yeah. for both parties, the customer and the dealer. Yeah, and I and I. Um, uh... We're finding that uh, the the value, as you know, as we've been working with you, and and um, just the value of having access to uh, outsourcing certain things, yeah. um, and and it's that it's uh, it has been um, really pretty. It's it's been fun to sit and as we've as we've had conversations with some of our clients and and you can see lights go off and it's like oh I can outsource that and I it you know and so just you know we're we're becoming more and more advocates for um, certain parts of the process if you can um, then you know go ahead and unless you've got a rock star on your team that really knows how to just manage leads um, not sales. Uh, necessarily, but really, really manage a lead and and get them, you know, being really responsive and and asking the right questions and making it um, an, a human interaction and engagement. And yeah. So, and yeah. Jason, I would just say that we, I'm going to share your email address before the end of the broadcast. I'm just going to tell our listeners, don't get Jason too busy yet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah. we've got, we've got some yeah. clients we're bringing on and we're, we're uh, certainly uh, enjoying the, the, the onboarding process yeah. and the whole experience. But I can tell you, Jason, the clients that we have approached and mm -hmm. introduced, uh, they're, they're thrilled about yeah. the, the outsource solution. And I would just yeah. also say from my perspective, a couple things, uh, clearly what you have in, in Crystal and Luis, two highly experienced very capable and um, brilliant people. Yeah. So an excellent team and certainly know their stuff. And then your background, check me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like your the vast part of your background has been, or a big part of your experience has been in the sales process, right? I mean, obviously you were introduced to the collections and a lot of the back end stuff in your time as to buy your payer dealer, but a lot of your experience prior to that was really on the sales side, which is mostly what we're here to talk about today. And and that it's thank you so much because you do have you know you're drawing upon some of the things that that Luis and Crystal understand mm -hmm. um, that you've learned from them as well through your experience with them and your own, so that we can freely give to dealers. It's like here are and so this isn't necessarily a sales pitch for for um for jason it's you know it's it's like if if outsourcing is is an option then you know the that we we would suggest that you talk to jason about mm -hmm. it but that this is um jason's here to like here are some of the things that are really important for you to be watching to be measuring to be looking at you know um as a dealer just in your own dealership so that you can have a better experience with getting those leads converted into sales so. Yeah. And and I would say that, you know, what we hope to share here on these shows and with y'all. Um, hey, Shelly. <laughs> um, you know, we we really I was given so much free information through the associations and mm -hmm. the know how to do it. We're happy to share how to do it. If you need help doing it, we can help do it, too. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so that's what we hope to be able to provide with these shows and the the, the, the talks that we do 
is here's the information. We're not hiding it. There's no secret playbook. I mean, there's some things we might do that we think are unique. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that many of the things that we're talking about here, you can execute with your team. If you find that you want to grow a little bit faster or you feel like maybe this is a way to get it done better through outsourcing, absolutely. Mm -hmm. The hard part about outsourcing, what I've heard many people say, many dealers say when I talk to them is, you know, I've outsourced before or I heard somebody outsource and it was a horror story. They got put into a call center. They're doing medical debt collection. They're doing uh, reservations for restaurants and they just have all these different specialties that they do. And sure, they can show you we can make so many more phone calls than you and more phone calls is going to be more dollars. Mm -hmm. That's really probably true. But this buy here, pay here customer tends to act a little differently, behave a little differently. And and if you're not aware of some of those things and, and understanding of the position that they're in, the fear that they have, the disappointment that they've experienced through other dealerships, the mistreatment oftentimes, lying sometimes, um, you know, you, if you understand that and you understand this customer, it's much easier for you to bring them into the store and yeah. build trust with them, which is really what you're trying to do through this pre-sale process. And so. just um, one last plug for uh, Luis and Crystal is there is a lot of years and heavy experience in buy here, pay here there. Yeah. A lot. I mean, they they deeply understand the buyer payer customer. Yeah. So I think what I see with you guys is, you know, it's, you, you want to systematize it if that's the right word. And, but, and also remain personal or create a personal connection mm -hmm. with yeah. the consumer. So maybe take us how you, mm -hmm. how you do that. I mean, what, how, let's well, talk or how specifically what you would about, suggest to a dealer. Yeah, how, yeah. what if, are the steps? If we talk specifically about a BDC or, you know, would be a BDR, BD, uh, business development rep. I'm like, mm -hmm. what's that process look like with you guys? Yeah. I mean, look, you think about the name of the structure, business development center or business development rep. They're there to develop business. And how do you develop business in the car business is you get more customers to come into your store and buy cars. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how are you developing that? What are you doing with that? And so as anything that gets developed, there's different stages and there's different <clears throat> efforts that are made within those phases. And so the first thing is you have your marketing dollars and mm -hmm. everyone spends a ton of money on marketing or effort or brand awareness. And there's all these people that either know about you or want to buy a car from you. And then that next thing down is when they become a lead. And this is where everyone kind of defines this differently. And so to me, a lead is where we've communicated with that human being uh, through Facebook Messenger, through email, through text message. They've expressed interest and responded to you, you have a lead, you have someone who wants your information at least. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the next step down from a lead is, can you get them to set an appointment? Can you get them to commit to uh, Tuesday at two o'clock or tomorrow afternoon, uh, mm -hmm. whatever they'll commit to? And then do they come in for that appointment? The last phase is in-store visit. So marketing, lead, appointment setting, in-store visit, and then hopefully a sale. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at it as a process, that's what you're trying to develop. And out of 100 leads, you want to be able to get one to five sales out of those 100 leads. Again, however you define your lead. Uh, and so that trickle down effect, each segment has less and less people in it. You're filtering because they live 97 miles away. You're mm -hmm. filtering because they said they just had a repo or you're filtering because they um, didn't respond to you or they've set an appointment and didn't show up. So all of those, if you're measuring those each month, 
Mm -hmm. uh, really, the, the shorter time you can do it, weekly is great, monthly is fine. You can measure those by month. You're then able to say, man, we're doing really good on leads and we're getting a lot of people to say they will come in, but no one's actually coming in. So now you can identify that segment and you can go after that and, and attack that piece and say, what? OK, we're setting appointments at nine o'clock in the morning when we first open up. Well, no one's around at nine o'clock. Maybe we should set our appointments for four o'clock. Uh, and so mm -hmm. then you start looking at it and you say, well, all of our appointments are on Saturday because that's when everyone says they want to come in. We'll try to set appointments more for Wednesday and Thursdays when you're a little slower. Mm -hmm. So looking through those that lens is kind of how I think about a lead in general. And as a dealer, what your what you should push your team to do is share with you how many leads did we have? How many of those leads did they commit to an appointment? How many of those appointments came into the store? And then how many of those sold a car or bought a car? And so I, uh, that's that's the overview. So I'll uh, yeah. and then I can dive deep into each one of those segments. Well, I would, uh, if if I may interject. Yeah, I um, think you just did. I just yeah. did. Sorry. <laughs> and it's politely though. Yeah. yeah. Very nicely. Yeah. Um, is that you know the first thing all dealers out there listening, and and this is something that Jim and I are always uh, really encouraging dealers, like strongly encouraging dealers, is measure, 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 and the more um, you know, you don't want to get like so granular that they wore tennis shoes in, you know, whatever, but that you're getting, you're getting granular about, um, uh, where someone has entered that funnel. And like, we're currently working with a few different clients and we have, um, that have Neo and, and so we're, you know, they have a new thing where you can create a tag with each one of the, the people that are, are coming in as a lead. And so we're starting to really define, it's like, are they a lot up, but they heard about you on Facebook. And so it's tag, tag, are they a lot up, but they are a referral. I mean, tag, tag. And it's, and so that we're really, we're trying to figure out how, um, you know, we get a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more focused on how people are coming in because that's where, I, from, from our experience, it's like just seeing where they're coming in from. That's where you're putting your marketing dollars and, for one. Yeah. And I can also say, Jason, that one of the things we see is that in, in our own efforts, because traditionally over the years, we've mo worked most of our time with the clients in the DMS, right? We're over mm -hmm. there on the operational side. But more recently, we started to work with dealers inside the CRM and look at the lead tracking, lead counts and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And wow, the disparity between one dealer, you, you got some dealers with super high lead counts and low closing ratios and some are, you know, the other way. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's an interesting thing. We got to measure it and start to break down, you know, wh what's going yeah. on. And so I think for our conversation today, we're kind of leaving marketing out there, how you actually go out and market yourself and get the people to create an inquiry and start a lead. That's, that's a different conversation for a future day. I think today we're mostly focused on once you're, once your marketing connects and somebody hits your website and starts an inquiry, then what does that what lead does it flow look like? Look like? Mm -hmm. So you want to take us into some of the mechanics of how you guys kind of march that. Let's just say I'm, I just started a, 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 you know, a lead at the website and start an inquiry and you guys pick it up in the CRM. Like what's, what's kind what of, what does that look one? like? Yeah. Um, so first of all, most dealers have CRMs. They have varying degrees of capabilities with tagging and other instances. Um, but I, I would say you have to have some sort of CRM 
theoretically an Excel spreadsheet could be a CRM. Uh, not ideal, obviously. Right. The ideal flow is that a lead comes in from the website or Facebook or whatever marketing tactic you're using, a, a landing page. Mm -hmm. And then that they let's say they fill out an application or they say, hey, I'd like for more information. So now that from marketing has become a lead. At that point, this is about nurturing is, is the term that gets used a lot is to mm -hmm. nurture this lead. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? That's a coupling of technology and human interaction. So when you set up your CRM for the first time and for some people the last time, they will set up and it'll say, have sequencing or flows that you put to it. So a customer sends you an email at midnight, no one's there responding. You get an automatic response that says, thanks for filling out the application or thanks for whatever. Um, so there's a technology that is helping you nurture that lead. And then there should be ones that are set up for, you know, one day, two days, five days, seven, 17 and beyond. Um, as a, we mentioned in the last episode that um, there are uh, leads that are six months old in this business and buy here, pay here. Don't quit on a lead. Um, obviously, less and less. But many dealers who are tracking this will see 10% or so of their monthly sales come from leads that are six months old or older. So if, don't if stop chasing your leads. Yeah. Like if, if they're continuing to nurture that lead, that 10% right. can be that. Yeah. So if you're bored today, go to your CRM and take all your leads that are a year old and, and newer and remarket to them. And some people will say, you know, hey, mm -hmm. get bent. Leave me alone. I bought a car. You know, some won't respond, but some will respond. Mm -hmm. And so then it's not just one attempt, right? It's uh, it's the old fable of the boy loves girl and he has to say to her, you know, pick away a little bit at her heart each day <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and try to find more of that relationship to be built. Same thing with this car customer. Uh -huh. So people don't want to talk on the phone. They don't want to pick it up. They might, but they are at work or they're in a conversation or they're not ready or they don't recognize the number. So getting them on the phone, the old adage of just get them on the phone, it doesn't always work. Okay. So you really have to be good and tactical at DMs, at, um, at text messages, and following up at times that the buy here, pay here customer is around. We tend to find that it's either early in the morning as they're getting ready or going to work. Lunchtime, obviously, is a good time. After work is very good. Obviously, weekends are important for this customer late night are important for this customer, but they don't need to talk to anyone at night, but they want what they want to do is they want to put their information out there sometimes at night. And then they want to get some information back from you. We refer to it as an information swap. You're really trying to swap information throughout this process with the customer. So mm -hmm. you get, what's your name? Uh, my uh, Jason with this dealership, what kind of car are you looking for? So you're following, mm -hmm. you're answering a question and you're following it with a question. I learned that on day two of the car business. Yeah. Right? One thing that I think is important to, 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 you know, talk about, we, we see a lot of times that dealers, their salespeople are the ones that handle all leads. And typically salespeople are the busiest at lunchtime, first thing in the morning and later on in the afternoon. And yeah. that you're what you're saying too is that those are the best times to communicate with. And so a lot of so uh, salespeople are probably trying to reach out to people in between their busy times, but their busy times are the same. Yes. And that's why I advocate for a BDC department so mm -hmm. that you are um, hey Bill, uh, that you're focused is the lead. There's the age old question that every salesperson will ask you at some point, boss, which one's more important, 
the customer in front of me or the customer that is on the phone? Mm -hmm. Which one? Well, they're both important. Well, I'd only have, I I can't replicate myself. And so uh, uh, what a BDC will do is they will be fully focused on that lead when the time is important and when the customer is available. Mm-hmm. One of the first things I'll do when I go into work with a dealer is I'll look at the timestamps that uh, the the messages are sent out. Mm-hmm. And so many times you see dealers between nine o'clock and eleven o'clock, mm-hmm. salespeople sending out emails. Why? Well, they're they're sitting there having a cup of coffee, responding to the CRM. Hey, at least they're doing it. Yeah. But a lot of times that customer's not always there. Right. Um, we got a, a, a comment from George from Florida. Hey, good morning, George. Uh, one key we teach in follow up is always offer something, usually a little more information. You never have to mention following up or checking in. The customer will always tell you where they are um, on the road uh, to the sale. Um, thank you for. Yeah, for and that. one of the things I might do while while George is chiming, and this is no reflection on you, George, but one of my my responsibilities on the morning show is often to interpret for the gray haired generation. And so, um, Jason mentioned DMS, he means direct messages or private messages. So I'm just trying to translate and, that for, and, and again, I, I, want to, I want to, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, just focus again that this, this is not about, uh, this conversation when we talk about, um, BD BDRs, a business development rep, that is something that can be in house. That is an, a direct employee of the dealer. So this is not necessarily yeah. like the only way you can have a BDR is if you hire outsource a BDC. This yeah. is it's, this is just about having someone that can be there to do that during the you know and and being able to to communicate with the dealers or not yeah. dealers but the customers. During and let me just tell yeah. you, Jason, as a as a former dealer myself, or if I were that dealer or sales manager, my salesperson asked me which customer is important. My answer mm-hmm. to them is going to be, you take care of the customer that's on the lot. I'll hire a BDR to go take care of the one that's online, right? Amen. That's the right answer. Yeah, I mean that's, that's right. the only because we've all been there. You you've been at been at some you know box store or whatever, and you're standing there as a customer in the building, and they answer a phone call from outside the building. I'm like that that person may or may not be a customer. Yeah. I'm a customer. I'm standing in the building, so it's like that's why I think you know we prioritize that. But you, it's one more argument for outsourcing. Mm-hmm. And having somebody available to handle those leads, you mm-hmm. know, as they come. Yeah. Yeah. And Karen asks, uh, she, she, good advice, George. And she says, how large is, do, is a dealership need to be before it hires a, a BDC or a BDR or a BDR? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that's one of the beautiful things about BHPH is all the uh, acronyms that we have to remember. <laughs> yeah. <isn't it? laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, my answer would be, I think it, it depends on a number of different things. It's our, an old adage is you either hire too late or you hire too early. Yeah. And so it really, it's a, it's a tough question to answer. What I would say is if you're doing 15 or more sales a month, you probably, if you, and you want to grow beyond that, mm-hmm. you would probably want to put someone in the seat to be a business development rep. Um, the business development Mm -hmm. manager to me kind of symbolizes an upper level person who's managing people versus doing the work. And so as as a business development manager, where you have multiple reps, you're probably into the 30 to 40 or 50 sales a month before you need a manager to oversee that. I think the Mm -hmm. owner or, um, probably the head of underwriting should oversee the BDC if it's, uh, not the owner. 
if you have an underwriting person or underwriting department or collections department, I would rather see that person manage the BDC than the sales team manage the BDC. Well, People think that's a little bit weird and you don't have to do it that way, but they understand the discipline that needs to happen in a call center if they're running collections and they're mm -hmm. doing your underwriting. They also understand that the front end of the sale affects the back end of the sale. And so the sales managers, oftentimes you want them to be hard cut on, I want to sell as many cars as possible. Let the underwriting and BDC and collect, make sure that it's the right customer for sure. But uh, that's just my own personal opinion. Are there any metrics for you? You know, you mentioned how many sales a month. It's a good idea to bring them in. Is there, are there any metrics you would say for how many leads are coming in through um, the website and things like that? Because, you know, we've seen some where their leads are, are their sales yeah. come a lot just from on the lot. It's like repeat customers and that kind of stuff. So is there anything that you would say, you know, if, if you're getting a hundred leads a week that that's a really good opportunity or something yeah uh, so uh, it, okay if you go back and watch the last week's episode that i was on we talked mm -hmm. about what is a good lead and a bad lead mm -hmm. and so if you get a bad lead then 100 doesn't matter right mm -hmm. you could have 100 bad leads or 25 good leads so i, I think from a marketing standpoint you want to make sure that you're getting the right leads before you let that be your key metric okay. um the other thing i would say is if you should be able to get between 70 and 85% of your sales should come through your marketing channels and the remainder should be walk in from the lot. Good. So if you're getting 10 sales a month walk in from the lot and you're only getting five sales through your marketing, your leads are bad or your process in your BDC area is bad because that's too many of a percentage of your total sales that are coming in as walk-ins. We had A plus real estate for 500 below cars. I was on 610. We had 250,000 people drive past us every day. 85% of our customers came in through digital leads. Yeah. Um, and, and, our, and our lead spend was much lower than anyone else's that I had heard on average. Um, not because we were better marketers. I think we we're all right. But it's because we've leveraged our marketing spend so well through this process that I'm explaining here. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Yeah, and I would say I look forward to a continuing conversation with you on the marketing side because we just find that dealers, and it's, it's not meant as an indictment, it's just something they don't have an opportunity to learn. A lot of times car, you know, people step into the buy here, pay here business because mm -hmm. they're car people or whatever mm -hmm. and not necessarily have this experience. But also you talk about quality of leads. Sometimes we don't put in the effort to identify the persona that is our ideal customer mm -hmm. and then get our messaging right in the marketing to to appeal yeah. to that one customer and that that was going to translate into quality of leads right we're just Absolutely. kind of shotgunning we're shotgunning and so we're not we're 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 going to have and our bdr is going to be tied up with unqualified leads yeah and then everyone's complaining about the leads and there's no you know we're getting 100 and we're making zero sales okay sure. oh, well your process looks good everyone's doing the right thing it's just bad leads so that's where you start with that funnel of marketing first, then to lead. Right. So then if you got five or six different areas of marketing that are trying to generate leads, and these two areas are really great at generating the leads, and these three are terrible, you'll see that if you're measuring it. You'll mm -hmm. see what your Facebook leads give you, which, by the way, are usually your best leads, although sometimes the hardest to get at. You can target by demographic and, and area mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, challenging, and, and you got to do it the right yeah. way. But there are, you know, there are every way you can advertise is out there. Some will work better for small town dealers. Some will work better for large dealers. Some will work better for multi-store chains. 
So you just got to figure out what's right for you. And you do that through measuring and data and checking that uh, information. Um, and then the other thing that I think is anyone that's been in this business for more than 10 years, they didn't have to advertise. 10 years ago, I would have been crazy if I would have said 85% of my traffic came in from advertising. I had a dealer in Chicago once tell me that he had 85% or 90% of his customers were repeat and referral. Mm. And I go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That must mean you like take great care of your customers. You're doing all the right stuff. He said, no, what it says to me is that we suck at marketing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he was being a little humble. They had a great business, Different right? Perspective, but, though, but yeah. that's, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's, that's true. Right. We were um, at, we're like, I, I looked up at the time and I was like, oh my goodness, there is so much still, just like last time we had you on, so much still to unpack. And we only got to, hey, these are the times that you need to be able to 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 have um, a communication live, you know, with yeah. with human person, yeah. um, and and we covered a couple of of other high points, but there's still we didn't even get into all the different stuff that you wanted to talk about. So like once they come in, how does yeah. that look? I'm sure. Um, I I would say at a high high level, those number th that right there that Jim just put up, mm -hmm. if you can you know and maybe maybe move all of them back one and right. number one is marketing, marketing right. um, but from what I said today, number one, lead handling. So if you listen to this, just say, do everything you can to set an appointment. First of all, measure it. That way you know what you're doing. Then what your first task is, is setting appointments. If you set an appointment, they, you've, you've had a conversion metric with this customer. Mm -hmm. They've committed to coming in. Then once you get good at that and you say, all right, we set 10 appointments this week and none of them showed up. Okay. What are we doing the day before the appointment, the hour before the appointment? What are we doing if they don't come in? What incentive are we giving to come in? Mm -hmm. You know, are we offering them a discount, a lower down payment, a better, pre a better car, uh, uh, $100 off a free oil change. There's a thousand different tactics you can take, but just go after the appointment and then go after the in-store visit. Because once they're in the store, our people are great closers. They are. Right? Like the customer will either, will determine we don't want to sell them or they will buy. And yeah. so that that's really boiled down into like a short sentence. Figure out your way to set the appointment and then um, follow up with them and make sure they come in and, and you're good. That's that's really the the basics of it. I think that we can probably have you come back on. Let's let's kind of dive more into actually how the process of setting an appointment, sure, um, of getting into that. And then I would love to have you come back also and let's talk about the front end part, the marketing part, and the the how how we can how we can uh, leverage what it is that we're doing so that we have uh, the highest uh, success rate of actually getting people that are good qualified. Leads and can I just in. say, I, I love that topic. Like I just, I love talking messaging and connecting with the consumer oh, and finding goodness. ways on your marketing to get out there and, and get the, the customer to, to respond to, to, you know, yeah. to actually, uh, you know, to be moved to act. Yeah. So that's fun stuff. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think, uh, let me share Jason's um, email address. Because, uh, again, and all your hate mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send all the. And, there will be no hate mail, Jason. Yeah. Oh, I uh, and Jim, I don't mean to correct you, but I think that's supposed to be a period, not a. It comma. is supposed to be, yeah. So not that's, a comma. that's what happens with when your vision is fading. Jim's no. got one mind on his fishing pole and the other one on his computer. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the understanding. Yeah. No. I. Uh, that's uh, scopexpros.com, and uh, yeah, so you can reach Jason. I just I uh, would tell you there. 
they're uh, well positioned to mm -hmm. scale and, and bring on clients, certainly, and they mm -hmm. can certainly do a lot of good for folks. And uh, Jason, one of the things we're hearing with some of our clients is, wow, I could, I could solve that problem on my lead management and sales side because and my building, I really don't have room for a salesperson, yeah. right? Yeah. So having somebody off-site to handle all that is is yeah. really exciting for some of our our clients. So it's a it's a nice thing to look at. Yeah. And we do we do offer training as well. If you have an internal uh, set of reps and they're doing you know what you think to be a good job or a, an okay job or they're good people and they just want to be trained, we mm -hmm. can do that as well. So yeah. you, we do handle the outsourcing. We can do it for you. We can train you, or you know, uh, happy to just provide some advice for folks as well. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Jason, um, let, if you want to stick around backstage, we'll figure out what your yeah. schedule looks like to have you come back no, if you're, and, and you're not tired of us yet, right? No, not at all. Not Good. at all. Um, I love to hear you. myself talk, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we'd love having you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you backstage in just a minute. Thanks okay. so much yeah. for joining us again. Um, all right. So moral of the story is, uh, don't miss the morning. Don't show. miss the morning show. Jason's There's always, got yeah. a lot of good Jason's stuff. Good. Well, and it's, it's like, uh, I, I loved some of the, the things that he talked about with, um, you know, you, uh, about when to, to reach out to your customers. And then that's usually when your salespeople are the busiest. And so it's like, it's, it, it seems, um, a, a lot of dealers, when we talk to them, it's like, that's, you know, we're having to bring in an extra person. Well, how many sales would it take increasing sales for that to be a no brainer? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's the Delta between starting them and to where it's, you're bringing in enough sales that, that it makes a difference. And then things can hum along and, and, you know, you're, you're reaping the benefits of something that you were willing to get out there and, and, uh, and create this position because you know that it's in the law, it's an investment in your, in your company. Not to mention the kind of the, the operational analyst to me says, if, if I engage a BDR and they put lots of appointments out there and we get lots of people in the building, and we're not closing mm -hmm. them. It helps me identify where my problem is and where it's not. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So it's a good way to, to kind of figure out exactly where, where the breakdown may be. But yeah, but yeah we want to talk to more people. We absolutely. More so we, we're going to see if we can get Jason on maybe next week. And um, so we can continue this conversation. I think it's super high valuable bits of uh, nuggets that mm -hmm. dealers can really act on themselves. Hey, thanks so much for joining. Um, happy Friday. Uh, we'll, uh, we Recorded will be recording for Monday because Monday. we're, you know, we'll taking an extra, so we're going fishing. Yeah. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in.